Welcome to In The Office Cast with John Kent and Adam Scorey, a podcast about business culture, technology and solving the challenges and misconceptions surrounding hybrid and remote working. Welcome again to In The Office Podcast uh, with myself, Adam Scorey and uh, our founder, John. Welcome, John. Hiya. Hiya. Are you well? Very well, thanks very much. How are you? Yeah, I'm good, thank you very much. Excited about the topic that we're talking about today, which, um, what problem does desk booking solve for you? So I guess, John, you've got a lot more history than this. Let's start with a little bit of history, shall we? What is desk booking software? Where where did it come from? Yeah, it's um, this really, really fun. I think it's fun, which is probably not too um, cool. Um, <laughs> it's a really fun topic. Uh, yeah, so the thing that everyone's talking about at the moment, especially in relation to hybrid working, is desk booking software. That seems to be the go-to solution. And whenever I'm I'm talking to people and, and trying to work out what they actually need for their company, it's always useful to actually delve into what desk booking is there to solve. Um, yeah. The you know, If you actually look back at the history of it, like pre-pandemic, when it was, you know, the, the popularity of it was rising, um, it was mainly being used by companies where they had teams that weren't in the office all the time, like sales teams or, or um, maintenance teams where they might need a desk every now and again, but not all the time. And companies realized that actually they had huge amounts of office space that wasn't being used. So what do we do? Well, we'll get rid of most of that and then get desk booking software. So when people do want to come in, they can book a desk and basically you know, not have redundant space. Mm. So pre-pandemic, it was all about you know, hot desking and um, how do we make the most out of the space that we've got. Yeah. Um, companies also who are, you know, moving office where you go into a WeWork, for example, for six months um, would then use the WeWork desk booking. Um, and again, it's, you know, it was sort of the start of the more um, popularized hybrid working that we've got now where people were allowed to work from home a bit more but really desk booking was designed to for someone to be able to look at a floor plan and say right there's a i know that on tuesday there's a free desk there because it's highlighted in green i'm going to click on it and book on it right so i know i can go into the office on tuesday yeah. and that was pretty much it yeah. then obviously we had the pandemic and as things started to open up uh, that's when it started to be more of a, okay, so how are we going to manage things going forwards? Ah, well, there's this thing called desk booking. So let's, let's put that in place. And that's sort of the, the history of where it came from. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, I guess now, you know, we've come through the pandemic. Um, we didn't need, but desk booking software, you know, during the pandemic for, for most of us, cause we all were working from home. Um, pandemic now has officially been over for well, a few months now um what what's the situation now because the the you know there's there's a lot of news going on at the minute with big company ceos saying we need to come back um what uh, what comes next now with with uh, with desk booking software from that point of view 
after the pandemic. Well, I think... Yeah. Um, well, so yeah, as the well, as the pandemic sort of eased and we were allowed to meet up again, and you know, and and bearing in mind this was you know a couple of years ago, um, we've been through this process of um, basically running around with our hair on fire, trying to work out how to not all fall down the plug hole of doom into you know what at the abyss um and the solution did seem to be that well we need people back in the office so we need to be able to manage that and um i think that was the really clear thing that it was a how do we manage the office space um when we've got you know it, bear in mind initially when we first came back it was the government advice was you shouldn't be more than like 50 percent capacity yeah. because we have to have enough space for people to get in so how do we manage that well lots of people wanted to come back in because we're all fed up of you know working from our bedrooms so right well we have to put desk booking systems in place to make sure that we don't become oversubscribed yeah that all made perfect sense but then as you actually started to look at what was happening after that we then had as you said the ceo saying well actually we'd rather people did come back or we're going to make big decisions um based on very little information or data um we're going to apply that across the whole company and hopefully um everything's going to work out all right and we're going to be productive yeah. and obviously what's happened from that is that it, it's very clear that the office um i know we've talked about before the office has emerged more as this productivity tool yeah. um because people can be productive in other places so it became less about managing the office as a as a tool and more about trying to manage people and their time and make sure that they come back into the office. It's an interesting um, point that you make actually around how leaders within businesses made decisions because they looked, they tended to look at very large organisations and made the assumption or they had did actually have more data because they had 10,000 people, 100,000 people. So what were they mm -hmm. doing? And the, the assumption was, well, if we follow them, that just that's a good place to start. It wasn't... Mm -hmm about individuals it wasn't necessarily about an individual culture or or, or methodology it was we don't know they've yeah. got information what are they doing let's follow them for a bit yeah absolutely and, and and it's very much you know there's i'm not having a go at those decisions you know we're when you're in crisis mode you have to make bold decisions and you have to move forwards otherwise you know everything falls apart mm. so i think those decisions were were right and at least you know leaders were leading by saying this is the, the way we're going to act so you know that's brilliant but um what we tended to see was there would be either they would look at bigger companies who might have data on this before or they would try to use the data to make decisions about the future of their office and um there are loads of stories of uh companies where they did roll out desk booking systems yeah. Um, you know, the first year, I'd say, after things came out, that was all about, you know, desk booking systems were really, really hot topic. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, we, we do desk booking as well. Um, and things were things were crazy with the amount of interest that we were getting. Um, but then because the systems uh, firstly take quite a long time to implement yeah. um, and tended to be from a pre-pandemic 
sort of world of, well, this is a system, this is an IT system that you roll out in this way, that it takes this amount of time that you have to sign up for this amount of, uh, this length of uh, contract, and then people are going to use it because they're, it's designed for those salespeople who, you know, it only takes one time that you turn up to the office and there isn't a desk for you to go, I have to book uh, a, a desk, otherwise I don't, don't, um, I have to go back home again. Yeah. So, um, that was sort of the, the, the big rush and the, the stories that have come out, there was one of our clients who, um, as everything was sort of, they weren't our clients at the time, but as things were opening up, they went, right, we've got a, we're a hundred person company. We've got a really expensive office. And firstly, we know we, during the pandemic, we can only be 50% capacity. So what we'll do is we'll put desk booking systems in place and we'll get people to to use it and then we can work out what we do with the office when the pandemic actually sort of eases up and you know, the the thing that they found was very quickly they realized that people just weren't using the office so according to the desk booking system no one was coming into the office it was about you know 10 percent of the 100 person company so it's really lucky that it was the 100% person coming. So yeah, 10 people effectively yeah. on average per day were coming in. And um, I think this is where you have to really look at the underlying problem of, of what you're trying to solve here. Yeah. So if you're uh, in facilities management or office management or uh, operations, um, you're all about you know the smooth running of the company. If you're in HR, you're more about the the individual people. Um, and what tended to happen was the job of getting people back to the office and managing the office was falling to the facilities managers. Right. And so they would then find you know IT systems, talk to IT. They go, yep, this all works. They do the rollout, but there was very little work done on are we making sure that people are actually using this? Yeah. So with this 100 person company, they saw that, you know, 10% of people were coming in. They made the bold decision to go, you know, well, firstly, we're going to save a huge ton of money if we don't have a 100 person office. And so we'll reduce it to a 20 person office. So, you know, that's quite a big, big yeah. jump. They reduced it um, on the first week. They were oversubscribed every day, um, probably expected as it was a new office. So people were coming back. But then they, um, after a couple of months, they realized they actually had to pass a policy to prevent the number of, you know, to reduce the number of days that people could come into the office because that was always oversubscribed. Wow. And I was chatting to the facilities manager and the IT manager about this and trying to understand why this was coming about. Because obviously they were then getting it in the neck from the CEO who was saying, what have you done? You know, we've got these people who are now saying they're less productive because they wanted to be in. Um, and it turns out when we actually looked at all of the systems that what happened was people just weren't using it. And right, right, that's, yeah. you know, it's- Another thing. Yeah, and because at the time, the, you know, 100 person company, they had 100 desks. So why would you go onto a system to book your desk that you know is there? Um, you know, you just turn up. And it, I think that highlights one of the, the core problems with with this sort of desk booking solution is that it focuses on the office and managing the office and unless there is a pain point for the users in using that tool where which is the turning up and there isn't a desk you don't use it it's just another thing for you to have to use um 
and you know and that that sort of aligns very nicely with um the stats on releasing software within a company you know software is only useful if people use it yeah and i think the stats from a gallup survey was something like two and a half percent of companies reported that their it uh their it rollouts were actually successful in 2000 two and a half percent and that that's you know according to did people use it was it timely was it within budget did was it actually finished all of these um success uh criteria but yeah two and a half percent and you know it's it's so clear it's because the solution that was being rolled out wasn't really fit for the problem they were trying to solve and so people didn't use it and so they ended up in trouble goodness me i mean the cost of software these days i mean i i implemented a piece of software in in a business i was working for and it cost something in excess of eighty thousand dollars and it actually took us about a year to really we're a relatively small team um running it and there was one person in particular that was doing the lion's share of the work but the you know everything you had to pay for yeah any training you know there was quite a few thousand dollars worth of training thrown in there and three or four people did that um and then the ongoing support was very much well there's a it felt like there's an sla but it was very difficult because we were it was an american piece of software and we were back in the uk so we're always behind so it just it became very complex frustrating and in fact um time consuming and yeah expensive to actually didn't it i mean a, a year later and um yes it was done so i i can understand that um mm. but also the larger the company the harder it is to actually implement change with software because you've got to have systems in place but to change that system is a monumental task because yeah. a, a famous franklin covey quote actually that will always stick with me is with people slow is fast and fast is slow you yeah. have to go at their pace to to make these changes um, yeah um so yeah the software is no, no different it's not the it's not the the be all and end all of the, the panacea of of kind of fixing everything if it as you say it's not being used yeah and it's i mean it's it's very typical you know even in some of the companies i've worked in where they've been you know 10 to 30 people um even there software can be can be difficult because people are always resistant to change always um you know it it does become this other thing to do that other thing to to use and and the the key issue is if it doesn't actually solve a problem that that person has why would you use it why would you go to the effort of actually doing it um yeah there's another company um i spoke to where they had desk booking they're a, a, a multinational law firm so huge and um i think their desk booking onboarding took almost a year and yeah. um, by that point, they had to keep changing the interactive floor plans because the decisions internally were, well, actually, we don't want to use that floor or people just aren't coming in there, so we'll move that stuff around. So they had to keep changing that. So, you know, all of these delays happen and happen and happen. And you're telling your staff, don't worry, we've got desk booking software coming. Oh, yeah, it's going to be another month. Yeah, we're not quite finished. And um, when it was finally released, um, when I spoke to her, I was like, you know, how, how's it going? How was the whole thing? She was like, well, you know, it's a really great bit of software. It's really, really clever. It's amazing. I just can't get people to use it. <laughs> yeah, that's, <laughs> you know, so is that software release a success? Probably not. Um, and, you know, the next year was trying to force people to use it and trying to remind them continually to, to do it. And that's just, 
you know, you don't have to be reminded to use your phone, do you, to right. send an email on your smartphone. It's just something that helps you do something. Yeah. And, and I guess as well, the, the thing that comes to mind is the pain point at that stage was, right, we've got, we don't want to spend the money on a hundred person office because we don't need it anymore because we're happy to have this hybrid working policy and remote mm. working policy. So, but the individuals, were they consulted? You know, was it, oh yeah, that's a great idea. Because mm. what you'll find is if you bring people in into a, a challenge to solve a problem, they actually, the uptake and the investment in there and then the long-term success of that is, is much, much higher than just somebody mm. dictating from above and going, right, we're going to do this because it suits the business to save a million pounds a year on, on property costs and all the things there. Yeah. So facilities managers going, oh, crikey, my job's changing. Individual yeah. teams going, well, why are they doing that? I actually quite like having my desk. Mm. Why are we not keeping yeah. my desk? <laughs> And actually, it's um, yeah. So even then, the the problem wasn't that they wanted to save the money, um, because that what you know the, the CEO wasn't going. Well, I don't want to be spending this sort of money on an office. It was if people aren't using it, then we don't want we want to make the saving. Yeah, if yeah. people want to use it, we want them to be productive. Yeah, you know, yeah. it's they were the real problem when you actually came down to it. It, it was one of those. Um, uh, you know what was coming down the pipeline was you know Chinese whispers the whole way where it just it sort of changed very slightly and it ended up being someone going oh well the CEO wants us to save money on on our real estate so what can we do to do that let's see how people are using it so let's put in desk booking so you've already got two mistakes there as to what the core problem was yeah, yeah. and so it ended up you know just missing the mark well missing the mark a bit on the data they were retrieving you know, there was no check on that data that was coming out of, you know, let's check in log let's check login times. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. how many people have actually used it at all. Um let's, you know, run a survey of of to try to understand that core data that would actually give them the information so that they go, okay, only 10% of people are are doing that, but who's in the office? Uh, is the office manager there who can actually see that it's 20 people each day, they're just not booking a desk. So, so I guess the, the other side of that then is for people who either didn't know that there was desk booking software available or um, there was uh, systems that they could use, they reverted to Excel spreadsheets. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or just, or just doing nothing. I mean, I mean of course, yeah. what we're talking about here for remote sales teams, for example, they're probably a lot of those are going, what's the problem? We're remote mm -hmm. all the time. Why? Yeah. It's a certain cohort of people, but the people who do come into the office on a daily basis, that this you know, post-pandemic, what are we doing now, et cetera, et cetera. Anyway, let's go back to the point that I made about mm. what other tools were people using then instead of if they weren't using desk booking software? Because mm. I guess, you know, I mentioned Excel spreadsheet. I can't imagine a facilities manager or a team leader or something having to run using Excel spreadsheet. Yeah, well, so that's, so there was lots of Excel spreadsheets um most people you know most people were that was the default and right. quite rightly so because that that does collect the majority of the information um but there's obviously there are issues with that that you know how do you keep the data clean how how can you know if people are typing stuff into a spreadsheet how do you make sure that you know someone doesn't accidentally delete the last three weeks of data or are you actually just doing it week on week in which case there's no data that you can rely on to to make informed decisions um the other thing that obviously for a lot of companies seemed to be an easy win was to use the sort of access data so you right. know swiping in and out oh, yeah, yeah. and um 
you know that's can be can be quite useful for some people um there are loads of issues with that um you know i used to work in workforce management where it was all about shift starting and stopping and how do you make sure that people are actually turning up for their shift because you know there's the typical well if you've got a check-in card you go over to the machine you clock in and actually there's one of your mates there with all of the cards just clocking in everyone at the beginning of the shift and then at the end of it clocks out and people haven't turned up so there's you know there are issues like that there's um tailgating as you go through so you know if you've got barriers and you just yep. Not and this isn't also blaming anyone. This is just something that happens. You know, you're having a conversation with someone and you you might walk through if the barriers don't, you know, chop you in half as they as they close. Um, but also there's a huge element of um data protection that uh, is being hit by this. So if you're providing, you know, if people don't know that their data, which is their clock-in data or their access data for any rooms around the building. If they don't know that that data is being used, firstly, it's being processed by someone that they don't know is being processed. So their managers looking at a spreadsheet of everyone, um, that's a problem. Yep. If um, they don't um, know that it's being used, uh, especially for companies where they then said, well, if you're not turning up to the office three days a week, then there are going to be ramifications. You know, that's actually a attaching a performance metric to something that you never you know that wasn't part of their employment contract yeah, yeah. so that's a problem um but also you know it comes down to well, what data are you providing because can you then see that you know joe's down the road is it sorry joe in the other office is actually using a card on the door that goes to the toilet so you can actually track how many times they're doing something like that you know this it gets quite creepy with the data that you can get so while they were using that, my advice was always, well, you should probably stop um, <laughs> because <laughs> you can, <laughs> yeah, you know, they're, they're, people weren't, aren't, well, people aren't aware of it, um, that they might have rights. It only takes one court case for this to then completely blow up. So, um, you know, use a, use a tool that's designed to, to manage the situation. It's not about the the office it's about the people that's the, yeah, yeah, the yeah. all of the problems come back to how do you get people to schedule their time properly rather than what's happening in the office yeah. that's the that's the core so it, it, there's kind of three phases or three certainly two um problems or challenges that desk booking software kind of started out as a you know how to manage hot desk you know for a sales team to come in or if you've got people from a different country you know coming from the states to a london office and it's right we need to mm -hmm. make sure so it was as you, it was more of a, a facilities booking system to make sure yeah. people in need it had a seat pandemic yeah. came along threw that all up in the air because no one was at the office or very few people were and it wasn't an issue because there were loaded desks everywhere going you know you can pick and choose you could have yeah. one at every hour if you wanted to then post pandemic, everything changed again. And we were trying to find our way to go, actually, what we're trying to do now is, is balance the, we've given trust to people, they've worked from home, they've been productive. That was our biggest fear. That's not a fear anymore. So now what is the office? Mm, okay, we're trying to work that out. So the desk booking software's in theory would have had to evolve again into this kind of hybrid version of itself. Yeah. A new challenge that it wasn't designed to do but kind of shoehorned well what, yeah. what do we do now post pandemic because if it's just about booking desks and people have said 
it, it's a different challenge we're facing because everybody's realized as far as i understand it that actually the job that you're doing in productivity aren't based on you bum on a seat in an office anymore it's much wider yeah. you know you can go and sit in a costa because that's what we did sometimes we went okay well the office was you know we had to be two meters apart which means that only half the office could be in i don't want to work at home anymore because i've got builders coming in where am i going to go and sit and work well i'll go and sit in a costa or a nero or somewhere where i can work and still be productive so desk booking software that's like woo out there mm. so that's yeah this is the new challenge i guess that we face now is it's everything's changed and has it caught up to that challenge do you think um, well um i'd say that in 99 of the cases no um you know we're and we can see that with the reactions of um the sort of flip-flopping of ceos saying we're, we're you know we're going to be fully remote or no we can't be fully remote we've got to be fully in the office yeah and that argument between the two extremes of of you know remote work and and fully in the office so yeah the nothing's caught up um and a lot of that i think is because this is a changing scenario yeah. you know it's constantly changing um because no one really knows what we haven't solved it and yeah. A lot of companies haven't started that process of what works for us. Yeah, it's still a well that works for them, right? We'll we'll hold on to that and say that's what we want because everyone's looking for that magic pill that solves the whole process. Because you know, with the best will in the world, hybrid working does create issues because there are, of course, there are issues because it's a new way of working. But just like every you know, innovation that's happened where suddenly, you know, when fax machines came along, suddenly that changed the way we were going to work. When computers came on, that changed the way we work. There are always people that go, oh, no, I don't want to, I don't want to read a book on a screen. I want to sit and have a, um, a manual copy, you know, how many Kindles get sold. So, you know, it's, there will be a slow migration and the, everything will eventually get sorted out. But a lot of the desk booking systems, um, in my opinion, that have been around are still primarily focused on the office. And that's no longer the the problem that we're trying to solve. The yeah. problem we're trying to solve is workspace. It's yeah. not a single building. It's a, where are you working? Is your workspace the cost of coffee? Or is it your desk at home? Is it your kitchen table in the summer? Is it a park bench in, in the park? You know, and it's it varies and it's we can't say that this is the solution for the whole year it has to also change depending on your you know who you are what job you're doing what your family circumstances are like what time of year it is you know as the energy prices skyrocket are you going well actually i can leave my house cold at home and go into an office yeah um you know it's all of these things are changing variables where we don't know what the outcome is so in order to deal with that we need solutions which are really flexible, really quick to implement, and get um, get the engagement from the staff. You know, if you if you spend a year implementing some software where it doesn't then solve the problem, doesn't give you the data, then you're going to be a year behind everyone else. So, the, the, one of the interesting things that I felt after doing my research, writing the blogs, and 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 working with in the office is the power struggle has changed a little bit i mean we talk about you know there's a in a jobs market or a car market there's supply and demand and i suppose that's the same thing with being in the office or out in that um the power of the business outweighed in the past pre-pandemic they dictated the circumstances for work 
the pandemic came along and that threw everything out. The power was then balanced more to the individual and therefore the thought process and the mindset around what the office is was going to become started to let, come to the surface and therefore mm -hmm. conversations around the individual and their personal circumstances you know you talk about uh, the tasks that people have to do personal circumstances and productivity whatever the case may be as a venn diagram of of three things i think you were you were creating a venn diagram the other day weren't you and there were yeah. the three elements were team requirements personal circumstances and tasks now that balance is very much more in the individual's hands to discuss with a team leader, a manager, a CEO, depending on the size of the company. And those factors now, the individual, are much more prominent in conversations. It's not about money, it's not about desks, it's about the individual. Now, if we're talking about desk software solving, desk booking software solving that problem, it's like, there's no chance. How? Yeah. Because it doesn't equate for a, you know, in a, one of our other podcasts, we're talking about the office as a, as a product and facilities managers being product managers. Um, so in, in this case, it's presenteeism, presentism appears to be rising to the surface again and the power balance is shifting perhaps back to offices because of the financial climate. So it's a really complex moving part mm. issue that, that we're facing, yeah. that we're asking software that was designed to do a job over here that's not really changed to do something completely yeah. different and be yeah i mean even. It, yeah and, and well actually what i spoke over you at the last second there when you <laughs> said you know be more human this is a human problem that we're trying to solve it's it's all about people and whereas pre-pandemic you know you if you were able to work from home it was usually seen as a benefit as a you know, almost like you can slack off for a day by working from home yeah. um, because you're senior enough. And that was, you know, that's even now that's um, that's how it's seen is if you're working from home, lots of people say you're slacking off. You know, we've talked about, um, you know, CEOs and well, Elon Musk and the things that they've said, um, which is always incredibly insulting for a lot of people who are productive working from home. But there's I think the thing here is that there isn't one right party. You know, you've got every company or any any data that you see or any um, blog post or, or LinkedIn post or anything like that where they're saying, oh, this is the death of hybrid working or these people are right, these people are wrong. All of that is rubbish because it, it's not a one size fits all. It depends on the individual people. And that's why you that's why hybrid working actually gets more complicated because you've got to understand really deeply understand all of the people that are working with you and for you and it's only then that you can start to go actually these people are so much more productive working from home yeah. but this person over here when i know when they're at home they don't do as much they get distracted very easily so i need them to be in the office and I need to I need to be in the office so that I can manage them. It's not fair for me to say, right, you've got to be in the office five days a week. I'm going to go off home. But by the way, I'm still managing you. Yeah. So that's where, with that Venn diagram, the different um, the different things influence different people in different ways, yeah. and it's constantly changing because the person who might not be able to work from home initially because they are learning. When they get to a certain stage, they might actually then be better off being out of the office and working remotely because they they've now reached that level where they can they can do stuff by themselves. You know, they've reached a level of seniority. Yeah. So it's a it's a people issue that you've got to understand the people and not focus on the place.
Yeah, I totally agree. And and one of the challenges, I mean, I, I mentioned when I did my research about WeWork as an example, they seem to really head of the game in looking at these, you know, collaborative office spaces, working spaces, and it's 1995. So mm. whether that guy was an alien and came down and said, or had a crystal ball, I don't know. But a lot of businesses aren't able to do that and they can't solve the problem like larger businesses would and have, you know, a 10 office company, a 10 person company doesn't have mm. a a little pod to meet in or free beer here or right there's a collaborative workspace we can write on the walls you know so it's but what what you can do is then use the tools at your disposal i.e working from home working from a costa meeting in a, a, a pub if necessary or whatever the case may be so you're yeah. the tools at your disposal are there but you just don't think of home as the tool as much as yeah. the office is a tool yeah and this this is where the desk booking systems missed it, yeah. Because they they do focus on that one location, or yeah. maybe if you've got you know multiple building office buildings, they focus on those. But they're not focusing on what happens the rest of the time. Yeah. And it's that well, are you actually are you at home? Are you at a Costa Coffee? Are you going to the pub? Yeah. If you're going to a Costa and you live near other people, are there other people that go? I don't want to go into the office because. I'll get distracted by something else or whatever it is, but I can see that you're going to a Costa and actually we need to have a chat, so I'm going to go to the same Costa. Yeah. That's where I think in the future we're going to start going where actually it's sort of we're more location agnostic and it's more about meeting up for those interactions that the CEOs that say you've got to be in the office five days a week, otherwise you don't get those collaborative moments. Yeah. That's where it's going to happen. It's going to be more planned but it's also going to be, well, actually, what's the best place for you to turn up? Is it that it's a Costa? Is it that you you go to a bowling alley and just relax with people and you can sort of get out of your heads and then suddenly inspiration sparks? Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, that that's, I think, where, where it's going to go because, as I said, everyone's different. I mean, me, for example, you know, I work from a WeWork. Um, this week, as you can see, I'm at home and I've been at home the whole of this week. Um, that doesn't mean that I don't like going into the office. I love going into the office. I get some of my best work done there. But I know for the jobs that I'm doing this week, like this video, um, being at home means that it's quiet and I, I can um, be more productive here. So it's interesting, isn't it? So ultimately what we're saying is the evolution or even revolution needs to be for, it needs to be a tool for office managers, desk booking software. It needs to yeah. be a team for CEOs and leaders. It needs to be a team for an IT business for an IT department sorry trying to yeah. inf infrastructure in or you know depending on the approach but also then a, a tool for HR to be so mm -hmm. the there is a, a super complex ring of kind of four different parts of a business that need to be able to support individuals in how they work best to be the most productive to get to the outcomes ultimately what the business is trying to do yeah yeah exactly and it, it's you have to have all of those stakeholders giving input, including the managers and the employees themselves. Yeah. And then, but the tool, the tool that you're using has to be flexible enough that you can say, we're going to try this for a bit, yeah. see if it works at this time of year. And we have to have open conversations about actually, you know what, last week I was in the office five days and I felt like I didn't get anything done because all we did was catch up on things. I really need to be alone for the next week so that I can get these tasks done. So, you know, it might be a naive view, but generally I feel people do want to do well. And 
no one likes to know that their boss is going to have a go at them because the work that they said they were going to do isn't being done. You know, that's that's a horrible place to be. If, if people, you know, some people obviously don't necessarily have the same level of ambition, but um, that's then a managerial issue. And again, that then with the Venn diagram, that affects how the manager should work with that person because ultimately the manager's there to try to make sure that person succeeds and, and does well. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's it's basically the, the key things I think um, with desk booking software is that it doesn't solve all the problems. It solves the office management, so, um, office management problem, but also the majority of them are too inflexible to work in the current day and age. We need something that focuses on where people are, not yeah. just the office, and is flexible enough to allow people to try different things and work out what works for them and their team. Yeah, brilliant. John, thanks again. Great to chat with you and, and kind of lift the lid on uh, a problem that is, or a challenge or, or something that affects every business out there that has you know, a combination of people working from home and offices. So thanks for your time and look forward to mm -hmm. you chatting on the next podcast about the next Cheers. subject. Thanks, Adam. Thanks, John. Bye. John and I really hope that you enjoyed and really got something meaningful from our latest episode of the podcast. If you'd like to comment or reach out to us um, and share your thoughts and ideas, we'd love to hear from you. And of course, if you would like to be a guest and we'd interview on our podcast, we'd love to have you on to talk about all the challenges that coming back into the office, the cultural elements um, as IT, HR professionals, office managers, and of course, leaders as well. Please also do like and subscribe and then it guarantees you get our latest podcast in your inbox. Thanks again for listening.